leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. I am Garrett Bougain. Alongside me is Anthony Brown. And uh, on this episode, we are going to be discussing... All Things 2K. So uh, hopefully uh, you're a, a fan or have at least played or heard of the uh, the video game NBA 2K. It's been around for over a decade now, uh, and it's uh, clearly the dominant force in the basketball video game industry. Yeah. Uh, NBA Live has tried <laughs> and failed over the yeah. years. NBA Elite, I think, is another <laughs> yeah. contender, for, if you want to even call it that. Well, and of course there are you know, non-realistic simulations like NBA Jam and all those right. sorts of things that are fun, but obviously, uh, you know, us as the more, um, you know, serious basketball fans, we prefer a game that provides a realistic simulation. Uh, so, Anthony, uh, when I just mention 2K to you, uh, what are a couple of things that uh, that come to mind about the game for you first? Uh, long nights playing you and uh our other one of our other roommates uh nick and denny yeah um with what probably would have been 2k 11 at that point maybe 12 2K i believe 12. yeah um yeah a lot of a lot of long hours spent on on these games playing with classic teams usually and mm-hmm. yeah um Overall, I still really like the game because it's the best simulation that we've seen. Right. But I think there are a lot of improvements. But what about you? What are the first things that pop in your mind? Well, yeah, uh, you know, I agree with you. Like, I have some pretty fond memories about playing it, and it certainly was a lot of fun, uh, you know, when you're in the same room with somebody you know and playing it and, you know, us being super competitive, it it got... uh, Kind of feisty at times, uh, to say yeah. the least. Uh, but um, overall, I would say it's a disappointment to me hmm. uh, because you know I do enjoy video games and I do really enjoy sports games in particular. And uh, you know, considering basketball is my favorite sport, mm-hmm. I would love for there to be an excellent representation of the sport. Uh, but so far, I haven't gotten that, and uh, you know, I tend to play more of the soccer games. I've been playing right. uh, a lot of Pro Evolution Soccer the last few years, and almost none of 2K, even though I'd rather be playing a 2K game, but it's just not good enough. And uh, you know, that's, that's part of what we hope to do in this episode, is we're going to discuss not only you know, some, of the, some of the reasons we, we look at 2K fondly, but also some of the things that we think need improved 
some of the game modes, some of the, the controls we think are, are not, uh, um, you know, super easy to handle. Um, but uh, first off, one of the, one of the positives of, uh, of 2K that, uh, you know, especially that we enjoy is the legendary teams. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's semi-embarrassing to <laughs> admit, but before they had those teams, I was one of those guys that would create uh, my own classic teams to play against each other. Uh, <laughs> and so I can go through all the way back to the earliest games that I have of like, oh, kill, I, I made the 96 Bulls in, in this version they, of the game. They had the, they had the players' names, but their faces looked nothing like the real person. Exactly, exactly. So uh, <laughs> it's, it, when I first heard, them, uh, heard that they were doing legendary teams, classic teams, I was really, I was ecstatic because I was like, okay, I don't have to spend hours creating my own classic teams anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, over the time that they've done it they've added more and more classic teams there's still some players that i would like to see on there more consistently like your kareem abdul jabbar's or your uh charles barkley's that are there for a year and then are just gone for no reason yeah Um, but yeah well and you know a lot of the complaints i have with 2k is the fact that they don't seem to prioritize the gameplay as much Hmm. but i do appreciate that they have prioritized the legendary teams because uh you know the nba is going on or has has been around for 70 plus years even maybe even 80 plus years at this point or close to it uh and you know there is a very rich history and it is fun you know it's it's a blast to be able to play you know, as the 87 Lakers versus the 86 Celtics, you know, yeah. we would, that was one of our, our favorite matchups to do. Oh, yeah. um, but it, it is really neat to be able to do those sorts of things. Um, but uh, looking at, uh, you know, the legendary teams that are on here, you know, they've got teams as old as the 64-65 Celtics with Bill Russell. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, those 60s Lakers teams with Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. Uh, you've got in the '70s. You've got the Bucks teams with uh, you know Lou Alcindor and uh, Oscar Robertson. You've got the Lakers championship team that won with Wilt and Jerry West. Uh, you know you've got a bunch of those really early historic teams. Uh, you know that are that are really fun to play with. Uh, what would you say are some of the teams that uh, you think in those? 1950s 60s era should be included that aren't as of as of now um well one of the ones that we were uh talking about before uh before this were the uh 1966 and 67 uh sixers yeah um with will chamberlain um you know i always thought it'd be really fun to play with a you know more prime wilt who's you know one of the most athletic players i would say that have probably even been in sports in general with yeah and he's uh, he's on the uh the game as uh, a member of the 72 lakers but at yeah as you right. said it wasn't in his prime it was later on right where he he was bigger and a little slower you know still could jump still strong but the younger him could run more and uh i think in 64 he that's when he scored the 100 points in a game mm-hmm. this is a few years later where he uh, led a sixers team to the championship um, and he also, uh, I think, led the league in assists that year, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Seven point eight assists or something. something yeah, like something that. crazy. Um, I'm not sure another center was, has done that. But so. he was very obsessed with pass or with <laughs> stats. Right. It, and he yeah. he became obsessed with passing that season, uh, mm-hmm. which you know. <laughs> selfishly sort of probably helped his team. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's that's such a weird thing. Usually assists are attributed to, you know, unselfishness as a player. And yet, it was probably the most selfish display of passing that NBA has <laughs> ever seen. But they won a championship that year. So, yeah. anyway, I thought One that'd be One time he team. was able to beat uh, Bill Russell that season as well. Exactly. Um, exactly. But, yeah, certainly that would be um, a really interesting... A team to to play as, uh, and you know it's interesting to think about in terms of you know who we like to play with as these legendary teams. It's not only you know the great collection of teams you know that have like a good, well-rounded roster, but mm-hmm. also playing as the superstars that have been in the sport and the various stages of their career as well. And certainly, Wilt is uh, by most measures, by pretty much everyone. Uh, that has watched the game of basketball as like a top 15, 20 player of all time. Oh, uh, yeah. Probably even higher than that. But, right. Uh, but looking uh, into the 70s, you know, they uh, they they don't have quite, uh, quite as many teams from the 70s as they do in the 80s and 90s and even 2000s. Um, but they do have the 76-77 uh, Philadelphia 76ers with Dr. J., uh, they've got the um, the nineteen seventy one seventy two New York Knicks. You know that was the team with, uh, you know, um, Walt Clyde Frazier and uh, um, Earl the Pearl Monroe and Willis Reed. Those teams that won a couple of titles in the early seventies. Oh yeah. Uh, you've got uh, the seventy one Hawks. Pete um, Maravich, which Pete is Pete Maravich, of course, one of my favorite players of all time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but really, the the seventies is. Uh, you know, there, there aren't a lot of teams in here. Uh, what are some of the teams from the 70s that you would say uh, should be included uh, in the game if they could? Well, I think if you're going to have the 76-77 the uh, Sixers, it only makes sense to bring in the 76-77 uh, Trailblazers. Yeah, of uh, course. With uh, Bill Walton, who, I mean, maybe there are some N- NBA fans nowadays that don't realize this, but Bill Walton, when healthy is arguably one of the greatest, uh, possibly greatest centers uh, that we've seen in mm-hmm. terms of just a complete package at center, uh, you know, passing, being able to shoot, uh, everything on the offensive end, and then on the defensive end, shot blocking and being in a, an enforcer on the inside, the dude was amazing. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, his you know, injuries were his downfall there. Uh, but I think that 76-77 Trailblazers team would be really fun. Well, yeah, uh, Bill Walton, that season, uh, it, it's one of the greatest seasons any player has ever put up in the NBA. Uh, so, you know, you've got Bill Walton, we'll get to later, the 86 Celtics are on on mm-hmm. there, obviously, and he's on there as a as a bench player. Uh, so, you know, you've got his rights. He's he's signed off on being on the game. Right. You might as well have a prime Bill Walton in there as well. Right. Uh, any other teams from the 70s that you can think of? Uh, I mean, I tend to go with, like, some of my favorite players here. So Rick Barry is another one. Yep. Uh, who's, you know, small forward, uh, just incredible player. Um, we've got the 74 and 75 Warriors team. They won the championship, yep. Yep. Um, and let's see, also in the 70s, the, um, the Bullets from oh, yeah. 77, 78. Yeah, the, uh, the Washington Bullets with Elvin Hayes mm-hmm. and, um, 
uh, I'm blanking on his name, the center that was a great outlet passer. Oh, uh, Wes uh, Unseld. Yes. Yeah. Uh, those two guys were a great sort of twin towers, even though they, Wes Unseld was pretty short, actually, for a center. Yeah, short uh, for, <laughs> like, just a, a shorter, stocky guy, I want to say. What was he, like 6'10", maybe? I, I think remember. much shorter. shorter. I think he that? was actually about 6'6", six, six or 6'7". Six, oh, wow. Um, but, yeah. yeah, he was really strong. He was a great rebounder. Okay. Great outlet passer, but yeah, that front court uh, was was pretty fantastic for that Bullets team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, having a few more '70s teams, I think would would definitely benefit the the legendary uh, group of teams. Um, and, and I forgot to mention too, uh, George Gervin, also one of the best you know outside scorers in there, and famous for his uh, uh, the finger roll that right. he would use. Yeah. Um, I mean, other people did it before, right? Like Connie Hawkins, Dr. J, but I mean, this dude definitely perfected it. Yes, like, he did. Um, so, um, the 78 and 79 San Antonio Spurs, um, which uh, you were saying lost uh, to the Bullets. That team um, we just brought up, yeah, yeah uh, in seven games in the playoffs, but in Gervin averaged around 30 a game that season. He was a uh, through most of the late 70s and even early 80s, he was right around 30 points a game. He was one of the better scorers the NBA has ever seen. So, For sure. Um, and I think you, you mentioned before we were recording that he is on the game on those uh, on that Bulls team, correct? Yes. Um, um, but that's, you know, obviously uh, in the same instance kind of with Wilt on the 72 Lakers, <laughs> it's, it's past his prime. You'd like to see well, more of a prime it. version. Yeah, of in, George Gervin. In 1986, George Gervin, I can't even remember if he played the whole season or not, uh, but yeah, he, he was coming off the bench and uh, kind of a shadow of his former self there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, so now going to the, the 80s, uh, you've got the 85-86 Chicago Bulls, which is a very young Michael Jordan with a really lousy uh, supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the 85-86 Atlanta Hawks. Uh, you've got the 85-86 Boston Celtics, that team that's considered one of the greatest ever. Of course, also another one of the greatest teams ever, the 86-87 Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got uh, some teams in the late 80s, the 88-89 Bulls, 88-89 Cavs with Price and Doherty, and the, uh, the 88-89 Detroit Pistons. Uh, so, Anthony, what are what are some teams from the '80s that uh, that you would like to see included? Oh, well, let's see. <laughs> In terms of uh, the '80s, I think the Rockets team would be really cool with uh, the Twin Towers. Oh yeah, uh, Ralph Sampson and Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah, so that would be like 1985-86 team um, that beat the Lakers and made the finals, but lost to the the '86 <laughs> Celtics. Yeah, um, that would be really cool. Um, and we were talking about before. Um, the 82 83 um 76ers um the, was oh, that yeah. the fo 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 yes. team with yes, it was. Um that used to be on the roster with uh NBA 2K correct? I believe they must have had some sort of a licensing issue with Moses okay uh, which is probably the reason that's no longer uh, on there but again that was that was a really fun team to have and but even when they had them on there, they didn't have Andrew Tony right. on the roster, which he was probably the third best player on that team. Right, uh, a really good perimeter guy who could shoot, play pretty good defense as well. Uh, so you know they've never really had the full version of that team, which would be really fun mm-hmm. to play as. 
Um, let's see. And then we were also talking about an early Celtics team um, because, you know, with Magic Johnson, we've got two different versions of Magic that we'll get to. There's the 87 Lakers and then the 91 uh, L.A. Lakers, whereas with Larry Bird, he's on one of the greatest teams ever with the 86 Celtics, but that's it. Yeah. What if we did the same where we've got maybe the 1980, 1981 Boston Celtics where we get a younger, more athletic Larry, you mm-hmm. know, and then we can compare that to the later, more prime uh, Larry as well. And you've also got some interesting teammates on uh, Nate Tiny Archibald Ooh, yeah, who's on right. that uh, that 81 team. Uh, and then you had, uh, you had a few other notable um, changes in the roster throughout the years. Um, but yeah, that's certainly... Certainly, Larry Bird is a uh, you know a legend in itself that that could use more than just one version right. on the game. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's there's a couple of late '80s teams that come to mind okay. for me as well. Uh, you know, you've got the the '97. When we get to the '90s, we'll talk about they've got the '97, '98 Utah Jazz with you know that Stockton Malone group that uh, you know made the finals back-to-back years, but they were much older at that point. They were still really good, but not quite in their athletic prime. Uh, whereas the 87-88 Utah Jazz, you know, you've got a completely different supporting cast. One of the uh, the key guys, I believe, that was on that team was uh, Mark Eaton. Oh, yeah. Uh, center, really good shot blocker. Yeah, he's tall, right? Like yeah, seven-foot-plus, seven seven yes. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, but you've also got John Stockton and Malone kind of at their athletic statistical peak. Yeah. Uh, so, again, that would be cool to kind of have the two different versions of those guys as well. Mm-hmm. And then also um, those late 80s Mavs teams with uh, Derek Harper and... Um, uh, and now, again, I'm blanking on... Mm-hmm. He played uh, small forward, power forward for the Mavs. He, he then was later traded to the Pistons and was on the, the Pistons teams that won uh, championships. Dantley? Uh, he, Dantley was traded to the Mavs oh, for, for him. Um, oh, Mark Aguirre. Oh, oh, Mark Aguirre right, just came go. to me. Gotcha. Um, oh, yeah, so was... those, those late 80s Mavs teams were pretty good with Harper and Aguirre. Gotcha. Uh, and, and I believe they took the Lakers to... I think the Jazz and those uh, Mavs teams took the Lakers to seven games yeah. in back-to-back postseasons. Uh, so both of those teams would be would be interesting to play as as well, um, and uh, you know a couple more uh, from from a little bit earlier in the eighties uh, is um, you know this was a, a great playoff series with the Pistons and the Knicks. Hmm. Uh, they played a seven game series in the eighty three eighty four playoffs where you had Isaiah Thomas and. Uh, um, Bernard King. Bernard from, uh, King. Yeah. Um, sorry, my brain isn't working today. Uh, Isaiah Thomas and Bernard King going at it, oh, and yeah. uh, Bernard King had a terrific postseason. Uh, you know, the Knicks won that series, uh, really high scoring affair, and then went on to play the uh, 83-84 Celtics and uh, lost in seven games to Boston. Uh, but it would be really fun to play as uh, Bernard King as well, yeah. and even as a, a, a younger Isaiah Thomas, as opposed to when they were, the Pistons ended up winning those titles. Yeah, for sure. Um, now moving on to uh, some of the teams here in the '90s, they've got uh, uh, the Run TMC Warriors, the '91 Warriors. You've got the the Magic Johnson led Lakers of the '91 um, season. 
that made the finals and lost to the Bulls. You've got the Trailblazers of 91 with Clyde Drexler. Of course, you've got that, that Bulls team that won the title. They've yeah. got about 18 Bulls teams <laughs> in here, um, which we talked about before, that they probably don't need that many. But yeah. um, uh, You've also got uh, the 92-93 Charlotte Hornets, 92-93 Bulls. Uh, then you've got uh, the Dikembe Mutombo-led Denver Nuggets team that uh, I believe was an eight seed and upset the one seed uh, Seattle Supersonics that postseason. Mm. Uh, then you've got the 93-94 Houston Rockets that won the first title with Hakeem. Uh, and then you've got a couple of teams uh, in the East with uh, that were breaking through when Jordan was in his retirement uh, with the 94-95 Knicks and the 94-95 Magic. Uh, and then you've got a couple of teams that were opponents of uh, the Bulls uh, in in you know a few postseasons. You got the ninety five ninety six Supersonics, which the Bulls beat in the finals. Yeah. Uh, you've got the ninety six ninety seven Miami Heat, which the Bulls beat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, you've got the ninety seven ninety eight Jazz, which we talked about earlier. Uh, but then of course you've got the the ninety five ninety six uh, Chicago team. Um, you know, that won 72 games. And then you've also got the 97-98 Bulls team. Hmm. Uh, so uh, here's a question for you, you know, being the Michael Jordan expert. <laughs> um, you know, they've got, what is it, like five or six? Uh, uh, they've got the 98 Bulls, 96 Bulls, 93 Bulls, 91 Bulls, and 89 Bulls, and 86 Bulls. Yeah. So they've got six. So Out of his, what, 13 years? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so here's a task for you. Narrow that down to three. And if you could pick three, what three seasons of Michael Jordan and the Bulls would you, would you pick? 2002 Wizards, <laughs> 2001 Wizards, and that part of 1986 where Michael Jordan is injured for the whole time. Um, and... You have Kevin Macy and uh, Dave, Dave Corzine. Corzine. Yeah. Those are the best teams. No. <laughs> like we were saying before, I think even as, as much as I love playing all the different Michael Jordans and stuff, I think it's a little bit of overkill. Yeah. You know, because you could go through any one of these great players and pick out each year that there are great matchups and great versions of them. But um, I think, like we were saying before, in maybe 1988 Bulls team, um, which was statistically one of his uh, first Jordan's... MVP season, right? Um, and was that also defensive player yes. of the year? Mm-hmm. Um, so that way we're getting a young Jordan, but also at his his you know reaching his first peak yes. <laughs> in terms of you know crazy athleticism, but also crazy all around game. Yeah. Um, you know, I get that maybe some people would want to recreate the whole '86 playoff game where you know jordan scores 63 against the 86 celtics um but you could still do that with the 88 you could jordan. still do that with the 88 <laughs> jordan it would be pretty similar yes 88 bulls are better but eh, fine uh so i would say 88 bulls then i would pick one of those early 90s teams 91 92 93 um if you wanted to you could split the difference at 92 though i'd say I don't know. Would you say the 93 version of Jordan is a little bit better than 92? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And I would say that version of the Bulls team's a little bit better in 93. Just they're, you know, uh, there's more experience. You know, Scotty Pippen gets significantly better every year. 
Um, well, and they didn't they didn't win as many regular season games, right? Um, but uh, they certainly, um, you know, and, and a lot of that is due to just a little bit of a malaise from winning back to back championships, right? But uh, you know, in the playoffs, they were still pretty darn good, and uh, you know, Jordan was as good as ever, right? So I would pick one of those two teams. I don't know which. I'm trying to think which one Craig Hodges was still on. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, if, if he's still on the '92 team, then maybe I'd pick '92 over '93. Uh-huh. But I'd say you got the '88 Bulls, uh, early '90s Bulls, either '92 or '93, and then pick, you know, a later Bulls, probably '96. Um, because of the 72 season. And I think that's plenty of Jordan right. to go around. You definitely want one with Rodman, obviously. Right. Which with the 96 team would, would do that. Right. And then you want one with Horace Grant with you know, and Scottie Pippen close to their primes, which a 92 or 93 team would do that as well. Right. And then, yeah, getting the young MJ with 88. Yeah, it seems like uh, you know they would still have everything in terms of Jordan's sort of career yeah. arcs. Um well, and in our minds, like, if you take three Bulls teams off, you could add three new teams, which probably exactly. isn't realistic, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we'd like to think it is. Right. Um, but uh, a couple more teams from the 90s uh, that I didn't mention yet, uh, um, well, actually just one, uh, is the 97-98 uh, the Spurs is on there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. With you know Tim Duncan and David Robinson, yeah. Um, I but uh, the Heat from '97 was in there. Yeah, that Alonzo that was Mourning. a new addition with Tim Hardaway and Alonzo Mourning yeah. uh, that lost to the Bulls in the conference finals. Um, but uh, what are some uh, what are some teams from uh, the '90s? Uh, is there anybody from that decade that uh, uh, that you would want to be included? Well, uh, you know, constantly going back to Charles Barkley there, like. Charles, you were amazing. Let us play you in a game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's no reason not to. We'll pay you money. Um, he, he was willing to do it for the Dream Team. He allowed yeah. his inclusion for that, but he has not allowed his inclusion for to be on a Suns team. Yeah, it's frustrating. But yeah, I would think that that 92-93 Phoenix Suns team uh, would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I it was a really good team. You could do that whole battle between the early 90s Bulls and and them um, and uh, Charles won the MVP that year. So yeah, I would love to get to play a, a prime Charles Barkley, uh, right? In the game and you've got Dan Marley and Kevin Johnson, a couple you know a couple guys that I think would be fun to play as as well. Yeah, uh, and you've got you know guys like uh, Danny Ainge and uh, Tom Chambers off the bench, just a, a really a really good to great team that uh, you know nearly won the title. And yeah. I, I uh, agree with your sentiment, uh, Charles. If you're if you're listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> which we know you are, yeah. uh, wouldn't that be amazing if Shaq and Kenny and Ernie were playing this on <laughs> on TV? Like, oh, some knuckleheads out there doing a terrible impression of me and saying that we should <laughs> I should be on a game. I'm gonna let you be the only one that did the Charles impression. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> Uh, but um, so now uh, moving on to the the 2000s, some of the teams yeah. that are on here. Yeah, what are um, some of the teams that you would want to see with? Uh, um, so first, I'm going to mention you know yeah. the, the group that's actually on the game, and they actually added quite a few, um, oh, yeah. not only from this decade but the decade of the 2000s to the list this year. Oh, wow. So we haven't played with a lot of these teams, but mm-hmm. they would certainly be fun. Um, the the 99-2000 Toronto Raptors, of course, that's 
Vince Carter and a very young uh, Tracy McGrady, but Vince Carter pretty much pretty close to his prime. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the 99-2000 Portland Trailblazers, you know, the team with Rasheed Wallace, Arvita Sabonis, Scottie Pippen, mm-hmm. um, you know, Steve Smith, Damon Stoudemire, really solid team. Uh, you've got the 2000-2001 76ers, you know, the opportunity to play with prime Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the 2000-2001 uh, Los Angeles Lakers, the team that beat those that Sixers team and won the title, uh, really the prime of sort of Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. Uh, you've got the 2001-02 uh, New Jersey Nets with Jason Kidd, the team that made back-to-back finals. Uh, the 2001-2002 Sacramento Kings, you know, one of my favorite teams to play as oh, yeah. uh, when uh, when we played 2K. That was that was one of the consistent uh, <laughs> picks. Uh, you've got the uh, a new addition this year, a couple new additions. Uh, the the 2002-2003 Dallas Mavericks with. Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash when they were still playing together, mm-hmm. and for some reason Dallas decided to let Steve Nash go. <laughs> right, uh, um, <laughs> uh, and then you've got the O three O four Lakers yeah. um, with uh, you know the team that added Gary Payton and Carl Malone That's uh, that uh, that lost in the finals. Uh, but we were talking beforehand that you would prefer a different uh, Lakers from the two thousands. I would just because, and I guess I hadn't considered the whole older Gary Payton, older Carl uh, Malone angle, but like... But they were so old at that point that they were still like solid role players, but they right. weren't nearly the the caliber that they were earlier in their career. Yeah, and that I remember watching that NBA Finals and just being really disappointed with how those four stars were playing together mm-hmm. with Kobe and Shaq and those other guys, because like all of them amazing, but no one seemed to want to give up the ball in terms of with Kobe and Shaq. There seemed to be a lot of back and forth there. And, yeah. uh, and in the meantime, this you know really, really good Detroit Pistons team just... You especially know, on the defensive end. Especially on the defensive end uh, ends up you know uh, taking them down. Yeah. And I thought the, the Pretty talent, convincingly. Pretty convincingly. Uh, when I, in my mind, when you've got that level of talent with Kobe and Shaq, let alone anyone else on the team... Uh, you should be able to do a really good job against anyone, and I think they just underutilized that. But my reasoning, like, you've already got 2000, 2001 L.A. Lakers. Mm -hmm. I feel like we know what that's like to play with a really good Shaq and Kobe. We don't need an 04, in my opinion. Right. I'd rather see a prime Kobe, you know? Uh, Go with, uh, you know, 2005, 2006 L.A. Lakers. Shaq's not on the team anymore, but you've got... I mean, one of the most explosive scorers and best players we've ever seen with Kobe, and you can really just unleash that on the NBA. I think that'd be really fun to play. Yeah, with. and the set, like Lamar Odom was on that team. Right. He was a solid player, but uh, beyond Odom, that team was really lousy, so it would really be, you know, you've got Smush Parker, I think, was the point guard. <laughs> yeah. uh, you had uh, Chris Mim. Yeah. Was this one of the centers? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Kwame Brown, I think, played on that team as well. Just a uh, a really lousy basketball <laughs> team, but uh, Kobe led them to the playoffs. Uh, and um, they, uh, you know, he he put up eighty one, I think, that year yep. against Toronto. Uh, averaged, I think, his career high in points around thirty six or something around that yeah. a game. 
Uh, so yeah, I agree. It would be it would be really fun. You know, you get the you get the Afro Kobe in the two thousand two thousand one <laughs> version, uh, but then you get the kind of the Black Mamba Kobe, the best version of the Black Mamba in two thousand six. Yeah. So yeah, I I completely agree with you there. Um, looking at some more teams from the two thousands, you've got the the o three o four Pistons, that team that 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 beat the Lakers that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the o four o five Spurs. Uh, you know that's pretty close to Tim Duncan's prime, which that would be really fun to play with. That's oh, yeah. that's another new inclusion that I haven't gotten a chance to try. But right. um, you know Tim Duncan being one of my favorites, that would be really fun. Uh, you've got uh, oh the o three o four Minnesota Timberwolves with KG in his prime. Yeah. Uh, Sam Cassell and Latrell Sprewell were also on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the um, the o four o five Phoenix Suns, a team with Steve Nash and Joe Johnson. Amari Stoudemire, you know, really, really solid group. Um, you know, a few teams from uh, the 0506 season, the 0506 Memphis Grizzlies, which is probably the the most confusing inclusion. <laughs> Good, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh, um, like, wait, what? You know that that team had a prime Pau Gasol. Yeah. Uh, they had like a Shane Battier, I believe. Mike Miller, I think, was on that team. James Posey. Uh, it was, you know, a solid team. I think they won in the mid forties, maybe close to fifty, but uh, fifty games. But they they didn't do anything exceptional in the playoffs, uh, if I mm. remember correctly. Uh, so kind of uh, kind of an interesting inclusion. I don't think Pau Gasol is is uh, you know Lawrence I don't think a ton of people are hankering to play as prime Pau Gasol as as good as Pau was. What do you mean? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only team I want to play. <laughs> um, but then you also had the 0506 Miami Heat, you know, the team with right. Wade and Shaq that won the title. Uh, you've got a few teams from the 0607 season. Uh, the Warriors that year that uh, upset the number one seed Dallas Mavericks as the eight seed uh, with Baron Davis and Steven Jackson, uh, you know, um, Jason Richardson, really fun group. Uh, then you've got uh, LeBron's team with the Cavs that, uh, that made the finals, surprised right. everybody. Uh, you know, a pretty lackluster supporting cast that yeah. he brought to the finals. Hmm. Okay, um, I might have something to say about that in a sec. <laughs> yeah, um, the Cavs team. Uh, and then you've got the 0708 Rockets uh, with Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming. Uh, the 0708 Denver Nuggets with uh, Carmelo Anthony and J.R. Smith. Yeah. Uh, and um, perhaps Allen Iverson, I think, might have been. I'm trying to remember if he was on that team or not. Um, he may have been, uh, I know they traded him later, I, I think Wait, for what? Chauncey Billups. That 0708 Nuggets team had oh. Carmelo and I believe AI. AI may have been on that, t- I'm not sure how much he... They played together for a certain period yeah, of time. Yeah, I think you're... And then later they traded for Chauncey Billups, which is when they had their best success, uh, as a team. Right. Um, I but, can't remember if Phillips is on this or not. But it yeah. would be fun to play as, you know, Carmelo and AI, certainly. Uh, then you've got the, the Hornets team from that year with uh, Chris Paul and David West and Tyson Chandler. Yeah. That was a really fun, fun team that I think, uh, you know, won 55 or 56 games yeah. and uh, made the second round of the playoffs, lost to the Spurs, I think, that year. Yeah, and I think in 2008... That in the 2009 season, that was my go-to team, was Chris Paul and the, the Hornets. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Well, and getting you know a younger version of Chris Paul would be fun as well. Right. Uh, and then you've got uh, the the big three in Boston that won the title, the 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 Celtics with KG, Paul Pierce, uh, and uh, and Ray Allen. Um, but yeah, that's it for the teams from the the decade of the two thousand. But yeah, what what was it you wanted to mention about uh, the Cavs? I was just thinking like with if we're going with versions of players and stuff. Uh, if it wouldn't uh, be more fun to play a version of LeBron with a little bit better team, like maybe 2000, I'm trying to think, like, um, let's see, we've got the 2010 Cavs on there. Would you keep that 07 Cavs in there, um, given that they went to the finals but got swept? Um, that's kind of that was my thought. Probably not. That was my. I thought. would probably rather have like the oh eight oh nine or oh nine ten Cavs. That's, that's what I was thinking. We'll yeah. get to that in a sec. I was just like with LeBron winning like his first MVP in oh eight oh nine would be an interesting one with like Delonte West and Ben Wallace and right. You know that team or the two thousand ten version with uh, Shaquille O'Neal in there as well, even though. He wasn't right. very helpful. But, yeah, that was uh, just my one thought of, like, I'm sure there are a lot of Cam- Cavs fans out there that are like, what, they made it to the finals, so you got to put them in there, but, I, yeah. So those later teams, I think, were better despite the fact that they didn't make the finals. Right, and they'd be more fun to play, I think, for me. But yeah. That was um, my thought. But, yeah, uh, what other, uh, are there any other um, teams from the 2000s that, uh, that you think should uh, should be included? Um, let's see. Well, like I said, I definitely would like that prime Kobe Lakers uh, Mm -hmm. team. Right. And like I was just saying, I think a 2009 and 2010 Cavs would be really fun to play Um, because it's a better supporting cast around LeBron. LeBron. He's still that freak athlete, but he's also putting together all the other aspects of his game. Yeah. Um, But what about you? Um, A couple other teams I would think of in terms of um, that, that would be fun to play as would be uh, the 0304 uh, Indiana Pacers, hmm. uh, a team that, because of the melee, you know, in Detroit with our test and Steven Jackson, our test was suspended for the entire season. Steven Jackson missed, I think, most of the year with, with a huge suspension. Uh, but that team, you know, with our test, with Steven Jackson, with Reggie Miller still around, who was, you know, Wow. Certainly not the player he was in the past, but still was a great shooter uh, mm-hmm. that could spread the floor. And then you had pretty much a prime Jermaine O'Neal as well. Yeah. Uh, that team, I think, was a title contender, but just wasn't able to uh, you know, put it together because of that uh, whole fiasco. And then a few years later, you know, Reggie Miller retired, and then you had... Um, you know the likes of Ron Artest leave and and Stephen Jackson as well, but that yeah. team I think would be really fun. I don't know if the NBA would be would be too happy with uh, you know <laughs> celebrating um, you know a team like that, right? <laughs> um, but it was a very good team, right? Um, I just noticed that we didn't have a, a '90s Indiana Pacers team with Reggie Miller, right? Um, I would say like the early 2000s one that made the finals though the 99 2000 team yeah uh, which was the third and final season of Larry Bird's coaching career oh. uh, with the Pacers so that could be an interesting little angle in there as well yeah. um, but then you also had Chris Mullen was okay. on that 99 2000 Pacers team right. you had a, J- a young Jalen Rose uh, you had the Davis brothers Antonio and Dale Davis uh, you know that was a that was a pretty solid Pacers team that that um, 
well, in, in, I should say in 98, uh, you know, the 98 version would be fun, too, where they took the Bulls to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. Or the 2000 team that More lost nice. in the NBA Finals in six to the Lakers. But yeah. uh, but certainly Reggie Miller has been a notable exclusion from the game, and I assume similar to Charles has just uh, not been uh, not given access to his... Uh, to his persona yeah. or whatever, but uh, yeah, Kareem, maybe it's just yeah. those those TNT guys. Although Kenny yeah. the Jet Smith has uh, you know is on the Rockets teams, so right uh, <laughs> and, and Shaq's there, and yeah, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> um, and then one final uh, um, one final team from the two thousands that I think would be fun uh, would be the 05-06 Mavs that lost uh, to the Miami Heat in the finals. Yeah. I think getting a younger version of Dirk Nowitzki. Even though the 2011 Dirk like played unbelievably well in the finals and, right. and was awesome, the 2006 version was a little more athletic, a little bit better rebounder, not quite as good offensively. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't quite know yet how to take advantage of smaller defenders at that stage of his career. But certainly, a couple of versions of Dirk would be really fun as well. Totally. Um, and then finally, uh, um, looking at, uh, it's funny to think of legendary teams as teams that have played in the last five or six years, right. um, but they have included quite a few of those, uh, this, this year in this version, uh, the 2010-11 Chicago Bulls with Derrick Rose during his MVP season, uh, they added, um, the, the Dirk Nowitzki 2010-11 Mavericks team, which, Again, once I get around to playing this version of the game, the 2K18, I will definitely try that out. That would be probably the first team I'd want to play as because yeah. I love Dirk quite a <laughs> bit. Um, the 2011-12 New York Knicks um, with uh, you know Carmelo and uh, Tyson Chandler yeah. uh, and Amari Stoudemire, um, a team that uh, you know I think made the second round of the playoffs, won 54-55 games, so we're decent, but. Again, kind of an interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure why they felt it was necessary to have two different versions of Carmelo. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, um, you've got the the young Melo with the Nuggets and with him and AI. That's a fun team, but I don't get why you need a secondary one uh, with the I'd Knicks. Agree. Yeah. Um, the uh, 2011-12 OKC Thunder is a great idea, if you ask me. Like having Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, the ability to play with all of them. Yep. would be really fun. Um, and then you've got, uh, you know, the 2012-13 Miami Heat with LeBron James, his really, I think, best season of his career. And you've also, obviously, uh, getting the big three of uh, LeBron, Wade, and Bosh would be, of course, a, a, a pretty, um, you know, important team to have if you're trying to, you know, have all of the the best teams that have played in the history of the league. Definitely. Uh, and then you've got the 2013-14 Indiana Pacers, another team that I think is kind of a questionable addition. I don't really feel like anyone is, uh, um, you know, hankering to play as Roy Hibbert. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? But, uh, and Paul George, I mean, right. you can play as Paul George now on a team that would be more enjoyable to play with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo right. than this team with David West and Roy Hibbert. Um, uh and then uh, the the final team that they added would be the 2015-16 Warriors team that won 73 games and then lost in the finals. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, a team that breaks the re- regular season record for wins probably deserves to be included. Uh, although you know, for the most part, it's a pretty similar group. Uh, 
right. currently, except minus Kevin Durant, uh, and they had Harrison Barnes at the time. Right, right. Are there some other teams? Because I know you've watched more of, of this era than I have. Um, with these more recent teams, are there any additions that you'd make there? Uh, yeah, there'd be, I mean, one that, uh, that really stands out uh, would be the 2013-14 San Antonio Spurs. Or okay. even the 2012-13 Spurs that lost in the finals in seven to the mm-hmm. Heat. Either of those teams, either the team that lost or the team that came back and won, would be really fun. You've got, again, a, a later version of Tim Duncan. You've got a younger Kawhi that's kind of growing into it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you know, um, an older Parker and Ginobili, but certainly they're better versions of themselves than they are currently. Right. You know, that if you were playing the current Spurs team. So that would be certainly one of the ones that I would pick. And and another one would be, you know, if you've got the 15-16 Warriors, why not put the 15-16 OKC Thunder? You know, that yeah. was such an epic series. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, you know, the I guess you do have the, um, you know, the 11-12 Thunder with Russ, Russ Durant, and uh, Harden. But it'd be cool to just have, you know, a Russ Durant team that uh, and you know a guy like Stephen Adams that's included to Dion Waiters, uh, you know, yeah. um, a team that uh, really pushed the Warriors as as much as they could possibly be pushed. Uh, that would be a, certainly a fun team to play as. Um, but you know, I feel like this decade they've done they've done a pretty good job in terms of covering most of the teams that I would want on there. I'd say so for sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think the uh, the legendary teams is certainly one of the big positives and why we enjoy 2K mm-hmm. um, and played as much of it as we did. I don't think we would have gotten as into the series um, if you know it was just the regular teams we could play as. I think you you really enjoy the legendary teams, and, and of course I do as well. Totally. The the one final thing I wanted to get to, and then we'll wrap up this episode, uh, is the signature skills that are a part of the game. So, um, for any of you that are unfamiliar uh, with NBA 2K, uh, the signature skills are essentially, you know, all the players have their own, like, ratings. They have, um, you know, ratings for shooting up close, layups, dunks, shooting from mid-range, three. You know, their their defensive abilities, their block shots, their rebounds. They have all of the ratings. Um, But the signature skills is trying to essentially... um, just add another layer to the gameplay in terms of, you know, you can give a guy um, a three-point rating of, say, 80, right? But that doesn't tell you, okay, he shoots uh, he shoots like a 90-rated three-point shooter from the corners and more like a 70 from above the break, right? right. Uh, so, for instance, there's an outside score one that is, you know, a corner specialist. Mm-hmm. So those guys that have that signature skill are better at shooting from the corners. Um, but, uh, you know, so that that's essentially what these signature skills are. They're just to add another layer and to make the players just a little bit more unique and, uh, you know, accentuate their strengths and weaknesses a little bit more. Right. Um, so the first, uh, the first category is um, stuff for, like, inside scoring. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to uh, just talk about the, um, or just mention the uh, the signature skills that are in the game, and then we're going to bring up some, or I'm going to have you bring up some of the ones that uh, we think we should be adding yeah. uh, to it to, to make it a little bit better. 
the first one is uh, called the Acrobat, which essentially allows the player to attempt difficult shots and change shots in the air and still have pretty good success. Uh, the second one is a Teardropper. Pretty uh, self-explanatory there. Uh, you're good at teardrops. Mm -hmm. uh, floaters, essentially. Um, the Putback King. Uh, it improves uh, a guy's ability to, uh, on the offensive rebound, just tap it back in. Um, the uh, Pick and Roller. Uh, so the guy that's setting the screen, he's really good. Improves his offensive awareness rolling to the rim during the pick and roll. Uh, a relentless finisher is a guy that, uh, on contact, uh, does not uh, impact his energy or his stamina as much on those plays. Uh, there's a drop stepper, which is a post-up you know, move uh, that uh, improves the ability to, to perform that maneuver. And then a dream-like up and under, so the dream being Hakeem the dream, right. uh, doing an up and under like Hakeem, so really effective up and under. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that, that's all there are for the inside scores. Uh, Anthony, what are, what are some ones uh, that you think uh, they should add to uh, improve the overall product? Um, I think having a post-fadeaway um, signature skill would be a, a good addition. You yes. Know? Take someone um, like a like a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant in the post, um, extremely effective with that fadeaway shot. Uh -huh. um, and you know that post fadeaway is different than say a regular fadeaway, even though they were both effective at that. Post fadeaway would be good, and then you know for that matter, a post hook would also be uh, pretty good. Take a Kareem if Kareem allows us to use his you know person in the game. He has in the past sporadically and then mm -hmm. he won't and then it's i i can't remember i think if he he's does. back now he's back yeah. now awesome um but you know he's someone who's crazy effective at it you know there's one i forget which very famous game uh it is mine's blinking but he hits like a um a 15 footer sky hook from the the corner in order to win the game oh that um, was in the uh, 74 finals game six at the buzzer yeah. to take it to a game seven yeah um, and, you know, crazy effective with that, that's definitely a signature skill there. Yeah. Um, that's different than the up and under move. Um, were there any other ones for the inside score? We were, uh, yeah, we, again, we briefly talked about this before we started recording, um, but, uh, we were talking about difficult layups. That's right. And, um, we were, we were questioning whether it was necessary. I was, uh, my, the main uh, person that came to mind for me was a guy like Kyrie Irving. For sure. Who is really good at putting spin on the ball and, you know, getting the ball to bounce at, you know, he'll hit the ball on the bottom right corner of the glass and he'll put spin to be able to get it to go in or on the top right corner and get it to come down, mm -hmm. you know, and, and having that ability to, uh, with either hand, to put spin on the ball to, to, uh, to finish over big opponents and everything and being able to utilize every area of the backboard is a is a really valuable part of why Kyrie is is so good uh, at finishing around the basket definitely um so certainly something like that I think would be would be a neat little um thing they could add as well uh the uh, the next category would be outside scores um which the ones they have now are corner specialist uh, again, I mentioned earlier, improves the three-point shooting from the corner. A deep range dead eye improves the deep range shot percentages. Limitless range improves your deep three percentages. And not sure what the difference is with those two. Um, yeah. Because a deep range shot would be a three, I would imagine. 
Uh, right. So, uh, I mean, Deadeye, what I thought before was Deadeye uh, in the previous games was talking about if a person's hand was in your face and it improved your percentage if, if someone okay. was doing that. So I guess the, the limit, limitless range would be improving your deep threes on a wide open look versus Deadeye deep threes with a contest. Got you. They probably put the limitless range in there for a Steph Curry and Damian Lillard. Right. You know. Exactly. Um, okay. And then they've got difficult shots, which is improve your tough shots off the dribble percentage. Definitely something Steph Curry and Damian Lillard <laughs> would, would have. As well, um, yeah. Pick and poppers, uh, improve the pick and pop receiving capacity for that screener. Uh, tireless score is someone who improves their effectiveness when uh, high energy is being spent. Uh, and then catch and shoot is... Uh, improving the percentage of standstill shots off the catch so guys just spotting up and knocking it down mm -hmm. uh is there anything in the outside score category that you think uh, should be added um well it seems like if we've got a catch and shoot um you know from a standstill that makes sense but why not a, a catch and shoot on the move right there, there's a lot of these really great uh shooters um i'm kind of blanking out on names right now. Cause Kyle Korver, J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick, yeah. Um, you know, and even in the past, you know, like the Reggie Millers of the world, uh, Ray Allens, you know. Right. They're coming off of screens full go, and they're catching it, turning and shooting. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a different shot than just, you know, swinging it around the perimeter to a, a wide-open person catch and shoot yeah you know because so. there's some guys that can easily that are really good at catch and shoot but literally can't do what those ray ray allens and reggie millers do like those guys were the primary source of offense for their teams throughout most of their career right and they got a lot of their points from doing exactly that reggie would be along the baseline under the basket like faking if he, he'd have two screeners on or a screener on the right a screener on the left Mm -hmm. And he'd be faking which direction he was going to go, come off a screen and, and knock down a shot. And again, because he's coming off and he's, his defender's trying to fight around those screens, he's just a step behind. So you've got to catch and get rid of that quickly or else he's going to be right in your face. Right. Yep. Uh, um, so yeah, that, that is a really good idea. I, I, I like that. I think that would be um, a pretty good uh, addition. Um, so the next category would be playmaking. Um, so they've got uh, ankle breakers, which is uh, more likely to break down an opponent while executing dribble moves. I'm assuming Allen Iverson uh, definitely has that right. trait. Um, right. They've got flashy passer, which is improves flashy passing to receivers. Now, they even have a button for to yeah. execute flashy passes in NBA 2K. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think that's necessary? I think... No, I don't think it's necessary. Um, I, I think it's something that you could just put into the, um, the AI of that player, right? Like if it's Magic Johnson or Pete Maravich running up the court and they're doing a, you know, a pass on a fast break. I mean, you could just have that where one of the things Magic does is he tends to do a, a no look pass. Mm -hmm. It's still accurate. You know, he's got a very high pass percentage, but that's just more in their or maybe in the tendencies, have a higher tendency to throw a flashy right. pass as opposed to, you know, having to put an entire button uh, dedicated to that. So, 
Now, you, um, you mentioned tendencies, and I'm just going to briefly describe that for the people that sure. aren't aware. Tendencies are essentially uh, sliders in the game that makes the players play as they normally would. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you know, pass first point guards, there would be a slider for pass versus shoot. So how often when you have the ball are you likely to pass it versus shoot? So if, you know, um, it'd be like the Venn diagram, pass on the right, shoot on the left, and then there's a middle ground. Right. And if you're all the way to the right, you're that guy is going to pass most of the time and all the way right. to the left, shoot. And, you know, that for all of the different stats. But, yeah, I just figured I would... I would mention that as well, but yeah, that's a that's a perfect way to incorporate flashy passing without actually having to press a button. It seems so silly. I would never I would never think uh, um, playing a game to think, oh, this is a good time to execute a trick pass. Like, right. My thought would be, I need to pass it to that player. Right. And if the guy that I that is making the pass is good at tricky passes, and that's the best way to get it to him, then he would do it exactly. just naturally. Exactly. Um, they don't have a you know windmill dunk button or a 360 <laughs> dunk button. They just kind of have them automatically choose from that package. So, right. Yeah. Um, so some more things from the playmaker category. There's a pick and roll maestro, just guys that uh, he it improves the accuracy of passes and shooting off the of screens uh, when you initiate the pick and roll. Uh, there's a lob city passer, which improves the lob accuracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got Dimer, which is just becoming an elite passer in every possible manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as far as the playmaking category goes, is there any is there any uh, things you would like to add there? Um, well, um, possibly a bounce pass artist or a bounce pass, um, you know, uh, signature skill. You know, because you've got the regular passing uh, in terms of a, a dimer, uh, the lob city for alley oops and lobs. Why not a bounce pass as well? Right, since that is a part of the game. Yeah, a guy like uh, you know, a guy that comes to mind that's really good at the bounce pass, is Chris Paul. Right, you know, and he would just be more effective, more accurate with those bounce passes than just you, you know your typical Joe on the floor. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, again, they have a lob pass, so if if you can do a lob pass and you can do a bounce pass. Why would you only have one? Um, right. So the next category would be athleticism. Uh, they've got lob city finisher, so guys that are catching the alley-oop and slamming it home with better accuracy. Uh, you've got a posterizer, so dunk over defenders at a higher rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got bruisers. Uh, the player's physicality drains the energy of his opponent. Uh, you've got a brick wall, which is uh, you know being more likely to set an effective screen. Uh, I really like the fact that that's in there. I think that's that's definitely something you can't really effectively put into a game through a rating. You right. know, like I don't think um, screen setting is an easy thing to set as a rating. But if you just have certain guys that more consistently set solid screens, I think that's a that's a pretty good way to do it. Uh, and then you've got a one man fast break, so that increases the chance of success when. Uh, when executing a fast break a la Russell Westbrook when he goes one on four. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But uh, uh, the next category is rebounding. Um, uh, Essentially improves the aggressiveness to chase rebounds. Uh, Charge card, which is being more effective at taking charges. Uh, There's pick dodgers. Improves the ability to get around screens. Again, same with 
I like the fact that there's screen setters. I like this too because there's, um, you know, there are guys that are good at, at slipping those. Uh, I think, you know, the challenge with all of these signature skills is making sure you give them to the right players. Exactly. You know, and that that is something where, you know, people, whenever the, the 2K ratings come out, you have these long articles, people complaining and saying, this guy shouldn't be rated a 93, he's a 90, and right. this guy is better than an 86 or something, you know. Uh, I feel like, um, you know, in the same way that sometimes the ratings can be off, a lot of these signature skills can be off, and if you give it to the wrong player, uh, you know, it, it can it can ruin the overall product. Yeah. Uh, a few more on the defense. Uh, there's a pickpocket um, skill, which is uh, improve the ability to steal the, from the ball handler. There's a rim protector, which is uh, improves your defensive awareness around the rim. Okay. Uh, and then there's chase down artist, essentially the LeBron, <laughs> uh, which is improves ability to transition while defending and, and stop fast break opportunities. Yeah. Uh, and then the final category, I'll just talk about a couple of these um, that uh, that are important. Uh, there's clutch performer, which is uh, improves the player's capacity to improve in big games. Uh, there is um, wild card, which is the player can be inconsistent, amazing or crap. Uh, you know, they they either can get super hot or super cold, kind of like a, I feel like J.R. Smith is the perfect uh, example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got a spark plug, so a guy that comes off the bench and plays really well, like a Vinnie Johnson for those Detroit Bad Boy Pistons. Mm-hmm. Uh, enforcer, a guy that uh, is just really physical. Um, a floor general, which is a guy that improves the offense of the entire team when he's on the floor. Um, you know, I think the a guy like Chris Paul or a LeBron James, those definitely. guys uh, are definitely floor generals. Uh, and then... Uh, you've got a defensive anchor, which is a guy that helps teammates improve their uh, awareness and defensive skill when on the floor. And uh, you've got um, championship DNA, which is a guy that uh, responds quicker to double teams and plays better during the playoffs. And then you've also got uh, a microwave, which is a guy that a player that heats up faster uh, than most others. Uh, but yeah, those are. Those are the main um, signature skills, and uh, yeah, like uh, I, I do enjoy uh, one of the things again because I'm a basketball nerd. I do enjoy like uh, at least renting the 2K games just even to to look at the rosters, look at the ratings, look at the signature skills that all the different players have. Yeah, and uh, um, you were mentioning something about how. Uh, when when you first started playing the game, the signature skills were just being incorporated, and there was like a limit to the amount you could have. Yeah, you could only have five at a time. Okay, um, which never really made much sense to me when, like, say you've got a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James. There are so many different things that they can do on a court that to limit it to like which five of those are you going to pick? Jordan obviously can; he's a dead eye. He can shoot off the dribble, but what about all of his defensive stuff? Yeah, um, and then with the more recent games, they've started where you can, you know, throw as many badges as, as they need for each player. So that will do it for part one of our two-part conversation on the NBA 2K series. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned next week for part number two. For Anthony Brown, I am Garrett Bouguet. This is Duncan Dynasty. Leftovers. 
or the DMV or house cleaning Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.